every week, nay, nay, every day, there is so much fun, nerdy stuff being talked about, being shared over in the Lunduke Journal community at lunduke.locals.com. And it's impossible to truly digest all of it. It is it is an amazing treasure trove of happy nerdiness. And recently, we've done a couple of weeks. We did a DOS-themed week where a whole lot of us did and shared a whole lot of DOS stuff all week long. And then last week, we did Command Line Week, This the end of this last Wednesday. And those were a blast. They were an absolute blast. And what I did during those weeks is every day or two, I would post a roundup of all of the posts that had to do with that topic that had happened over the last day or so. And several people kept commenting to me, you know what, this is really helpful because there's so much stuff happening here. I missed some of the really good things. People, people posted about their personal projects. There's, there's quite a few developers and, and active hardware engineers within the community making amazing things. People talking about cool projects, people posting tutorials. There's so much stuff. It's hard to keep up with it all. And I thought about it. And you know, that really holds true every single week in this amazing community of ours. So what I've decided to try doing, and we'll, we'll see how everyone likes it, is every Friday for the next couple of Fridays, and if we like it, we'll keep it going, I'm going to do a community weekly highlight where I talk about just a kind of a hand-picked selection of some of the most popular posts or the most commented on posts within the Lunduke Journal community and or things that just made me smile or I thought were incredibly cool. And this is a this is very much not a complete list because like I said, it's just so much. When when you have hundreds of, of amazing posts to choose from, and we're not just talking little little tweet type posts where people are like tweeting about what they had for lunch and the fact that their hamburger was tasty. I mean, we're talking really interesting breaking news across the tech world, brand new projects that they are involved with that are truly stellar musings on on really heady things within the technology industry. It's all over the map. And so I'm just going to handpick some of them. I'm going to link to them within the article, and then I'm going to talk about them here on the podcast. We'll do this every Friday for the next few Fridays because we don't really have a Friday show or thing anyway. We, we don't have a set schedule for our Fridays. It's kind of a wild card day. So this is what we're going to do for the next few Fridays. Uh, and also, I'm going to take advantage of this moment to do a test. And this is, this is kind of an interesting test for me, the results of which may or may not be interesting for anyone else on planet Earth. But as most of you know, I almost entirely post all of my content to Substack and Locals. That's where I publish my work. But I also have this really big YouTube channel. I think there's like 65-something thousand subscribers over there on YouTube. And I've got a Rumble channel and a few others. And many, I keep making the point to many of my YouTuber friends that they can do really well not on YouTube, because I, I, I rarely publish anything I make to YouTube. Like it happens once a month or once every two months, I'll randomly publish a video to YouTube that's usually along the lines of, hey, everyone on YouTube, why aren't you on 
on Substack or, or Locals and getting all the great content every day. But what I'm going to try doing for the next 30 days is I'm going to publish all of the podcasts I produce to all of the video outlets that I have an account on, including Rumble and YouTube. And there's a couple others that are slipping in my mind as well. But the main ones is, is YouTube, right? And I'm going to see if I consistently publish the exact same content to Substack, Locals, YouTube, and a, and a bunch of other ones, which ones generate A, the most listens, the most views, the most clicks, whatever, and B, the most engagement, the most positive, happy engagement, and C, generate the most subscriptions, right? Like which ones, which ones legitimately are better for me as a business, as a content creator, as a community member, which ones are the best? And I want to have a, a good month where I can say, this is the metric. I'm going to measure all of them and I can graph them all out. And that's what I'm going to do is at the end of the month, I'm just going to put them all in a spreadsheet and put out a graph. Not just what's the total numbers, but what's the total view to subscriber ratio on each platform and everything. So that way I can point to it and say, see, this is what I'm talking about. Now I have a thought in my mind of how that's going to go, but I'm curious to see. So those of you who like watching on YouTube, watch them on YouTube. Well, you, those of you who like listening to the podcast through, through Apple iTunes or, or through the locals app, go that way as well. Whatever is the way you prefer to enjoy it, enjoy it that way. And we'll look at the numbers and I'll share all the numbers openly with all of you. And everyone can just uh, take those numbers for what they are. All right, let's talk, let's talk about what happens in the community. All right, so this is not in any necessary chronological order, though most, most of it is in reverse chronological order because I kept adding to things throughout the week and putting them at the top of the list, so it's kind of reverse chronological order, but not, not fully. Uh, but the first, the first thing I want to talk about is that command line, week, command line week ended on Wednesday, and I'm not going to talk about all the great command line posts because there was a huge amount of them. It was it was a big learning experience, I think, for a lot of people. And a bunch of individuals within the community put together lists of applications, personal thoughts, details of their personal setups, uh, lots of great screenshots. And I learned a few things as well. I learned about some terminal uh, multiplexers that I wasn't aware of before. I learned about some tools I wasn't aware of before. I saw people with general customized layouts that were gorgeous that gave me a lot of inspiration for how I would like to lay out my desktops because I love I love spending time in a terminal I love a good texty shell I love TUI apps I love the text interfaces I just do but I also love them to be beautiful when I do it right like I like using things like cool retro term to give it that cool CRT effect uh, and I like to have you know nice perfectly selected fonts and and colors and and window borders and backgrounds and everything to really just make everything pop because you can kind of blend together the best of what's new with the best of what's old when you use the right sets of terminal applications and and shell applications and all of it. And so I'm not going to I'm not going to list all that out here. I'm I'm simply going to link everyone over to a command line week roundup post that I made with 
Not all, because it was impossible to find all of them, because it was just so many. But a huge number of the posts from Command Line Week, from all of you within the community, was amazing. It was, it was tons and tons of fun, and I'm really looking forward to the next one. The next themed week is going to be on November 9th, I believe. Let me maybe pull that up here. Yeah, November 9th. Um, and we're going to do Haiku Week. And oh man, that's going to be a blast. All week long from the 9th through the 16th, we're going to be talking about Haiku nonstop, son. Haiku OS, uh, the open source BIOS clone, essentially. It is it has become an amazing, very viable operating system. And so myself and a bunch of other people in the community are going to take it for a spin. We're going to try to do a bunch of work in it and really tinker with it a lot during that week. I, I think some people are going to try and put it on bare metal hardware, which is going to be tricky because, uh, I mean, still, hardware support for Haiku is not 100% by any stretch of the imagination. I think most people will probably put it up in a virtual machine, and I think that's totally fine. Now, during that week, we're going to have one thing, one event is happening that is not haiku related. So it starts on November 9th is haiku week, but November 12th, right in the middle of haiku week, I'm going to be doing a live video performance of Mac OS sucks. Is basically I've done I've done Windows is awesome many years ago and I've done an almost yearly Linux sucks. And people have asked me to do, half-jokingly, half-seriously, a Mac OS sucks. The Macintosh sucks for, for years. Well, we're going to do one now. And I, I've been putzing around with this for a long time, collecting anecdotes, pieces of history, jokes, <laughs> um, personal thoughts, screenshots, all sorts of stuff. And it finally got to a point where I'm like, you know what? There's a whole show here, and it's a kind of a fun one. So that's going to be on uh, November 12th at 12 p.m. Eastern. I believe that's a Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do Mac OS Sucks. I think that's a Saturday. And we're going to do Mac OS Sucks. And it's going, to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be a live stream event. It's only going to be live streamed for members of, of the community, though. So you have to be a subscriber to the Lunduke Journal, either on Substack or on Locals, in order to, uh, to be able to watch that one live or on demand. Uh, all right. Uh, other posts within the locals community. Uh, Nullman alerted us to a deal over at GOG.com. Right now, Wolfenstein enemy territory is free. <laughs> I mean, this is just worth pointing out because GOG offers your games with no DRM and Wolfenstein enemy territory is a fun game. <laughs> So go grab it. It's free. Uh, GOG.com. I've got, again, there's links for all of these uh, in the article associated with this podcast. So uh, uh, click the link, go over to the article, and you've got links to everything I'm talking about here. I've got organized in nice little bold text for each individual one I'm talking about. Uh, there's a link to the lo locals post uh, in question. Um, oh, this one's cool. This one is cool. Uh, so a guy, no, guy on, in the community named Meat Lotion uh, had a I know had a video chat with a guy named I'm going to butcher this name Michael Tomchik T O M C Z Y K. Now why why that's cool? He got to be in this little community video hangout with this guy. That guy Michael Tomchik was the product manager 
for the Commodore VIC-20. And he's got a screenshot of it with Michael talking and everything. And it, that that guy is just such a legend. Uh, the, a legend that I cannot pronounce his last name properly because I cannot pronounce anything properly. But oh my gosh, how cool that he, that well, member of our community got to hang out, uh, even just in a video chat, with someone who was personally responsible for so much of of our computing history. I mean, th- that guy is just a legend. Uh, the fact that that if it weren't for him, we would not have the Commodore VIC-20, at least not like we know it. And it, it, the amount of work he did was phenomenal. It, anyway, that's worth checking out. So thank you for sharing the screenshot of that. That was, that was awesome. Uh, Geek on Skates published about a new fantasy computer slash virtual machine that he's working on. And it looks so incredibly cool, I had to share it. So he calls it the Geek Rig. This is what I'm telling you guys. People within our community are all over the map. There are people that are doing CPU design, like literally brand new CPU design, compiler design, interpreter design, virtual machine design, uh, people developing applications that do all all sorts of project management stuff, terminal applications, GUI applications, all over the map. People in this community are just so cool. Anyway, so this geek rig that Geek on Skates is developing, he describes it like this, and it really caught my attention. The Geek Rig is software that works like a brand new 8-bit computer. I've heard all kinds of names for projects like this, ranging from fantasy emulator to emulator of a system that doesn't exist to a virtual machine. I kind of like the idea of calling it a VM because that's real. that really is the most accurate and least wordy description. Anyway, it runs on an emulated 6502, the same processor as most 8-bit things ran on, and designed to run inside a Linux terminal. I expect its main purpose will be for games, though, of course, it's not limited to just that. So basically, he's developing an emulator, a virtual machine for a brand new 6502 computer that doesn't exist. He's kind of developing his own 6502 8-bit computer and creating a virtual machine for it that runs inside of a terminal. Awesome. I love that so much. That is so incredibly cool. I'm going to be watching this really carefully. Uh, Geek on Skates has done a couple of cool projects, and and this is a this is a cool one. I, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be watching this one. Thank you for sharing that, and please, Geek, keep us updated on this one. I, I want to see more. I want to see more of this. Uh, Peleg, Peleg posed a very simple question over on Locals. He said, "Is there a WYSIWYG word processor that doesn't suck?" <laughs> And specifically, Peleg calls out things like uh, image layout, right? Because it's image layout within word processors like Microsoft Word is notoriously bad. Like trying to get your text to wrap around images and you move some images around and it just it makes your whole document go crazy pants. And he's right in that regard. I'm pretty sure every word processor WYSIWYG one kind of sucks a bit. I mean, it's it's difficult to do really effective page layout in a fully WYSIWYG way without having some kind of bits of funkiness here or there. It really is. I, and this is coming from someone who worked on Microsoft Office uh, for, for quite a few years. I, I, I was on the Office for Mac team for four years, five years, something like that. Anyway, 
I think there there are some word processors that handle it better than others. Uh, I, Microsoft Word gets very justly made fun of in this regard because man, you 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 move an image that you had you had a page layout just right, right? Your text wrapping around an image nicely. It was just mm, it looked good, and you can get things to look really good in Word. You can. But then you're like, you know what? That image needs to really be on the next page or further down the same page. And so you grab it and start moving it. And immediately your whole document goes crazy. Your page formatting gets all screwed up. It's things, your images half the time will disappear into some sort of off-screen fantasy space. Things go nuts. And Word gets made fun of because it it does. It's popular and it does this, it does so many things in this regard kind of funky. But man, you do the same thing in OpenOffice or LibreOffice and you get equally bizarre but entirely different results. It is amazing how poorly many of the WYSIWYG word processors handle this. Um, um, Apple Works and Claris Works, Apple Pages, all of them have their own really weird funky C's, which is which is a word I just decided is real. Um, those funky C's... <laughs> Okay, that word makes me happy. I don't know why. Um, they all have their own. Uh, I, I don't know if there's one that I prefer over another. Google Documents is the same way. It, it kind of works. And when it does, it looks good. But then it, it gets really funky. Now, if you really want to make your page layout look great, you've got to use a page layout tool, uh, something like Scribus, right? But if you're using something like Scribus, which is really meant for doing page layout for magazines or newsletters and whatnot, uh, you know, you're just, it's not as easy to pick up as, as it would be for Word or, or, uh, or Pages or, or LibreOffice or something like that. It really isn't. There's a big learning curve and it's not as easy just to work with in general. You're not just going to go around and grab images and reorder them. Like There's just a lot more to it when you're using something like Scribus, but, but you get more consistent results and, and you get really good looking results. So it's, it's, it's a toss up, right? Um, a lot of people would point out that you could use something like uh, like uh, uh, some of the markdown languages, uh, some of the markdown languages that you then generate your 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 final page layouts from. That's a good way to go, but that's not WYSIWYG. That's not WYSIWYG at all. Uh, so I don't know if there's one that doesn't suck in the regard that moving around images with like word wrapping and whatnot is always going to be a little bit bit funky. It just always is. That said, modern word processors do it fairly well. Not great, but better than better than I'd almost expect because it's it is an unusually complicated thing to make really good page layout with a lot of images with a lot of options because moving those images around, it gets funky and it gets funky in a hurry. So I'm kind of impressed at how well, you know, Apple and Microsoft and Google and, and the LibreOffice folks and the open document folks, how much they've done a good job at it. But you're right. They kind of all do suck just the same. <laughs> anyway, a bunch of people had some thoughts in there. So go check that out for, for other people's thoughts. Um, RGT posted a screenshot. He was getting started with our Haiku Week <laughs> several weeks ahead of time with a screenshot of him working in Haiku, uh, doing all sorts of cool electrical engineering stuff. Uh, it, Haiku is fantastic, man. Uh, thank you for that. Um, ooh, ooh, 
Oh, SD Loveless. SD Loveless, another guy from our community, posted a, a picture of two boxes. And he's like, hey, everybody, what's in these boxes? Hmm? <laughs> and he just posted the pictures of the sides of the boxes, right? Uh, and all we, all, all he, the only hint he gave was they're kind of 8-bit computing boxes. I, I think he gave that hint. Or did someone else just say that in the comments? I can't remember. But anyway, people had some guesses, and people know what they are. But uh, if you want to go look at the picture and see if you can figure out what sort of 8-bit computing goodness are inside SD Loveless's two boxes of mystery... Uh, they're posted over there. I've got the link for you. Uh, XIBB ran a roguelike contest for, for the command line week, which was cool. Uh, super cool. I, I was bummed out I didn't get to play in it, though, because I love a good roguelike. I, I wish I'd had time to play, to just sit down and spend a couple hours playing a good roguelike over the weekend. But he ran a contest. There were some prizes and everything, and he announced the winners. So you can click on that and go check out the winners for the roguelike contest. Can't go wrong. Um, Retropunk, Retropunk, who has a wonderful screen name, did some surgery on a Game Boy Color cartridge. Took, uh, you know how Game Boy Color cartridges, they, if they've got a, a, a save in it, right? If you've got save spots, that means that there's a battery inside the cartridge, right? Those batteries, they don't last forever. <laughs> This is just a, a subtle reminder that if you've got old hardware, whether it's game consoles, computers, and whatnot, check your batteries because either they go bad and they leak or they just stop holding a charge or they're just, you know, they just give up the ghost more often than not. But check your batteries because he found his old, an old Game Boy Color cartridge with an old Pokemon game. He slapped that into his Game Boy Color and turned it on and, ah, oh, wouldn't you know it. His old save games from years gone by are gone because that battery is toast. So he did some surgery on it, posted some pictures, got that sucker back up and rocking so he can play Pokemon on a Game Boy Color the way it was meant to be played. And Meat Lotion's back in the news. Check this out. So any of you who used BBSs back in the day, you might remember that BBSs, especially multi-line BBSs, ones with a lot of dial-in numbers, would allow you to do some form of chat room, right? A lot like IRC or an AOL chat room of those sorts of things, but it was all in ANSI text, right? Well, there was also the ability to do what was called multi-relay chat, and that was where a BBS would have a connection to another BBS, via the internet or a dial-up, permanent dial-up line, where people could chat on one BBS with people from the other BBS. And I know that doesn't sound all that exciting nowadays for, <laughs> for the year 2022, but back then in the BBS days, that was a really big deal. And it made it so people in one BBS, who could, which could have maybe just one dial-up line, maybe, maybe hundreds of lines, could ch chat with everyone on that system plus everyone on the other system. It, it made it possible to have, while it wasn't the internet and it wasn't a, you know, or not necessarily brought to you by the internet, but it was, it was this multi BBS network of relay chats. It was very, very cool. Well, they used mystic BBS meat lotion and, and one other developer have been designing and building what's called MRCX multi relay chat X. And it's a new BBS door. And a door is a program that a BBS runs that a user can use. That's what a door program is called. 
And that door program, MRCX, is Multi-Relay Chat X. And it's new, and it's cool, and it's really good looking. And it only runs on a, on a BBS platform called Mystic BBS, because I, I think it's being developed with the scripting language for Mystic. But still, very, very, very cool that they're building this out. I love seeing new development in the BBS space. It's really neat. And uh, it's cool to see members of the community being a, a big part of that. All right, uh, Gabe Genorio, G. Genorio. He, he alerted all of us to a little bit of news about ProtonMail. They've changed some of their privacy requirements. So it was the deal that with ProtonMail, you used to, be, you used to need to either supply a phone number you know, that you you authenticated with text messages or an existing email address to set up a new account with ProtonMail. Well, that's all well and good, except like other services that require things like a phone number, as soon as you require that, a huge amount of the privacy of using a service like ProtonMail goes out the window. Because now it's that account is now tied to your phone number, to existing email addresses that might be tied to other accounts. It's difficult then to make a truly isolated island of an email address, which ProtonMail otherwise is a pretty good option for that sort of thing. So they've changed their, their requirements there. They don't require a phone number anymore. They don't require an existing email account anymore. So you can sign up for ProtonMail and you can make it really a, an isolated island of an email address through a, an email server that is pretty good at respecting your privacy in other ways. So this is actually a big deal for people who are really concerned about privacy. Now, most most of us, uh, are, most of you aren't going to really care all that much. You know, you have a, a Gmail account, you have your own domain account, et cetera, et cetera. That, that accounts for most people. But for those of us really concerned about privacy, it's nice to be able to have multiple accounts and some of them be completely isolated from the rest, Right. And this finally allows for that. So thank you, Gabe, for for alerting us to that. That was a <laughs> that's actually a pretty cool deal. All right, so those those were my favorites. Those were my favorite picks from the week. The and it was hard to limit it. I, I tried to narrow it down to a list that I could talk about in a half hour, and, and that was really hard because honestly, I probably left another hundred posts off the list that were extremely cool. <laughs> It's true. Uh, but go go check it out. Dive through all those. If you're not currently hanging out with us over on Locals, I, I highly recommend it. it. There's there's a couple of subscription types for the Lunduke Journal that will give you Locals access if you don't already have it. Um, or you can just pick it up as straight through lunduke.locals.com. Uh, but go to lunduke.substack.com. And along the top bar on the webpage there is like a how to subscribe link. And that page will show you all the different ways you can subscribe that give you a complimentary account, either a yearly account or a permanent lifetime account over, over at Locals. Go check it out. Hang out with us. Uh, it's, it's really, really cool. And honestly, even if you don't want a paid account, get a free account because it, there's so much that gets posted that is interesting that 
even if you have a free account, you can still read it all and click all the links and all that stuff. Uh, you won't be able to read and post comments. You won't be able to post new posts yourself if you have just the free account, but it's still worth it because it's so, there's so much there that's cool. And if you're, if you're listening to this over on, you know, Rumble or YouTube or anywhere else, uh, head on over to, to lunduke.substack.com or lunduke.locals.com. It's grab a, grab a free subscription to one of those too, just so that you don't miss out on the other stuff that happens. Over the course of the next month, I'm going to be posting all the podcasts to YouTube and everywhere else, but there's still all the articles, the comic strips, all the community posts, all that other stuff is, is all over on those places. So, so don't miss out. Come, come and hang over with us. Hang over with us hang out with us. Hangover with us is is a different thing than hanging out with us. You normally hang out with us and then you have a hangover with us. <laughs> anyway, I uh, hope everyone's having a great time. Uh, I, I, I've been having a fantastic time with all of you crazy kids. It's been a it's been a truly fun and nerdy time. I, I love how how enjoyable the community is to just hang out in. The, the other day, the other day someone made a comment in on one of the posts that veered ever so slightly towards the political right very slightly now we have a we have a general rule where we avoid politics in the Lunduke journal we, we just try to avoid it right every now and then you get a little hint of this or a little hint of that and nobody really hides their politics we just don't discuss it we talk about nerdy stuff right the stuff that brings us together as a people and I like I like I like to discuss us as a people, a nerdy people, a tribe of nerds, right? Whatever else separates us, what whatever kind of politics we have, we're we're front and center nerds. And anyway, um, and the person that made a little political post, it wasn't it wasn't like anything bad or naughty. It wasn't anything divisive in any way. Um, but you know, a, a, another individual was like, you know, you know, that veered a little political. Would you mind if I remind people? that we're just going to try and stay not political. And I'm like, of course, man. And the reminder went out and no hard feelings. All is good. That's what I love about this community is, is I have never had to step in and heavy hand censor anyone. Right? What one time I remember many, many months back, probably almost a year ago, someone made, uh, used a word, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a word you wouldn't necessarily use in front of, like, let's say the Pope. <laughs> anyway, uh, the person used that word and then um, uh, immediately caught themselves, censored themselves. And before I even had a chance to see that they used the word, sent me a private message saying, oh, sorry, man, I, f- I forgot. I slipped up and, and used, uh, used that little uh, that word there that we're not supposed to say <laughs> in front of the Pope. <laughs> And I was like, dude, I didn't even see it. And I, I love it. it. I don't even really want to call it self-censorship because it's really just, it's just we have a very few rules within the Lunduke Journal community, right? Within the community itself, we try to keep everything kind of PG rated so that, you know, our kids and grandmas and the Pope can all hang out with us and everyone can feel comfortable. And at the same time, we don't delve into politics because uh, you know what we don't we want to bring us together and I and I want to kind of I kind of want to share a, the way I think about this here so when I when we were kids and I'm guessing that many of us had a similar experience probably not all but many of us 
when I was a kid, I was very, very nerdy, right? I was in the the chess club <laughs> and I was in the math decathlons. You know what I mean? I was I was the nerdy kid. I was I was part of that nerdy group of kids that wanted to play with the Apple II's in the library um, instead of instead of playing kickball or or dodgeball on the playground, right? And did we get picked on? Yeah, we did. But you know what? We the nerds didn't pick on each other. And we were very different. We were we were different in terms of religions. We were diff- had different ethnic backgrounds. Um, we we had we had really different personalities, but we were nerds. And so we had each other's back, you know? And we always we when we when we talked to each other, we talked about nerdy stuff, right? That that was our our place where we could be nerdy together and we knew that we were safe. And it wasn't just that it was a safe space, blah blah blah. It was that it was it was a place where we could be ourselves and we could revel in the nerdiness that 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 we had in common that could bring us together and it was so amazing and wonderful and i still think back on those times of playing with old apple 2s and and commodore 64s and and uh and early ibm pcs and all of it and i think of it and i cherish those those childhood times with those other nerds when we when we were getting picked on and bullied by the non-nerds just because we were too nerdy and I, and I look at it nowadays and I look around within the tech world, open source, Linux, Mac, Windows, whatever, just general nerdy tech world. And I see so many nerds tearing each other down, you know, like dogging on each other, attacking each other for religious or political things or whatever. And, you know, I don't need that. There's a, there, there's a time to have political debates or religious debates. And I enjoy those sorts of debates as much as anyone else. But I want to have that place where we can be nerds together, regardless of everything else. So here within the Lunduke Journal community, no matter what your politics, no matter what your religion, no matter what, no matter what country you come from, no matter what kind of nerd you are, whether you're a nerd who just loves retro computing or you're a nerd that just loves Linux or you're a nerd that just loves Mac or Windows or whatever, hang out with us. Revel in the nerdiness. Because when, when, we, when we post about the nerdy, exciting things that we get jazzed up about, inevitably, there's others within the community that are excited about the same nerdy thing. And even when you're not, when people post about nerdy things that I don't normally pay attention to. The other day, someone posted a, a thing about modern Windowsy stuff and PowerShell and all that sort of thing. I don't use PowerShell. I don't run Windows all that much. I, it's very rare that I turn on a Windows PC nowadays, even though I used to work at Microsoft many, many decades ago. But I don't really anymore. But anyway, it got posted. I found it fascinating because it was nerdy and you could see, you could feel the passion that burns inside of the nerd. <laughs> and I love it. I love watching it. I love feeling that joy, that pure nerdy joy. I love it so much. And I, and I learn something about it. And sometimes 
It opens my eyes to a whole new world of nerdy delights I heretofore did not get to appreciate and enjoy. So thank you to all of you. Even though, am I more of a Linux plus retro computing guy? Heck yeah, I am. But I also love like classic Macintoshes and Amigas and Commodores and all of it. And when someone comes along and posts about iPhones and Android phones and Windows 12 or 13 or whatever the heck they're on right now, and, and the latest Mac OS mountain snowy lion leopard, I get excited because that is cool. That is cool, nerdy stuff that they are nerding and geeking out on, and I love it. And it's always family-friendly, troll-free, and politics-free. It is a place where we can be ourselves. So thank you. Thank you to all of you that have taken part in the community since it started and have helped to keep it like that and helped to make it really successful. Because I could have that thought that we need a nerdy place to be nerds free of all that other stuff. And if all of you disagreed with that, it wouldn't exist. It really had to be something we did together with our common nerdiness. Otherwise, it wasn't ever going to work. And it did. And that is just joyous. So come and join us if you haven't already. For those of you already part of it, you are awesome. And I love you all. You're amazing. Anyway, that's that's it for this week. Uh, if you have other things that you saw in the Lunduke Journal community that you want to share, that you thought were just cool, that you posted or other people posted, share it. Comment on this post. Comment uh, on the article post, wherever. And be like, you know what? Don't forget to check this out too. It was also rad. <laughs> because there's so much stuff I'm sure I missed. I know I missed. I had to cut it off. But uh, anyway, feel free to share, share more, screenshot things, take pictures of the stuff you're working on, share your thoughts, share your gripes and your complaints about your nerdy stuff. I love it all. The energy is glorious. And I will see all of you a little later.